Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benator Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is, If I Knew Then What I Know Now. I want to talk about how things look so much easier in hindsight. I want to talk about acknowledging and embracing all the uncertainty, anxiety, and fear of parenting by knowing in hindsight that everything works out. So I have at the square table with me three parents of school-aged children and beyond. They are ready to share their wisdom, knowing that what you know comes from living through it. I'm so excited to be here with Erica Gordon, Randy Good, and Pam Applebaum. Erica, looking back, tell everybody what, how old your children are and what, how it feels um, to look back at the things that stressed you out, worried you, etc. from those younger years. So my kids are seven and 11. Maya is now finishing fifth grade, which to me just kind of blows my mind, and Dylan is finishing first grade. And going back, when I think about, you know, a lot that happens, I I think, like, why did I worry so much? Why did I spend so much time worrying about all these things that at the time were really big deals? Big, big deals. Big, big, big deals. And Do you remember what you worried about? Looking back, um, I worried about you know are, are my kids on target where where they should be? Are they you know it's, are they potty training at the right time? Are they eating the right foods at the right time? But you know what, like it 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 all works out. Um, Nancy always jokes when she gives somebody a tour um, that if somebody says Do you have to be potty trained. She always says, no, and don't worry, you know, the parents stress about it, and she always says, don't worry, nobody ever walks down, is going to ever walk down the aisle getting married in diapers. Exactly. And I, I think about that a lot, because I think, you know, everything's always going to work out. They're, my kids are always going to, God willing, reach their goals of where they need to be, and I tend to worry about a lot of things that, in hindsight, when you think back... I say to myself, like, why did I spend so much time worrying about it? It always works out. Always. I'm going to come always back works out. and ask you very specifically, like, what do you know now that you didn't know okay. then about yourself as a mom or about parenting? But let's, let's throw this to Randy. Randy, <laughs> what do you remember about those baby years? Tell everybody how old Joseph well, is. Well, um, Joseph also turned, just turned 11 two weeks ago, the same as Maya. Actually, they were in preschool together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's graduating tomorrow, elementary school. I was an older mother, and I got pregnant at 42. I had Joseph at 43. So, you know, I think, especially when I came here, I was probably like the oldest mother. And, um, I mean, I worried that 
I remember the first day I was home with him alone, Jeff went to work, and I was like, okay, kid, it's me and you. Like, what do we do? Because I was never like... I think I was so afraid of being alone with him in the beginning. Like, I wouldn't know what to do, or I'd drop him, or something. Yes. Um, so these were real issues for me, because I think I, we waited so long, mm. that, and I was so independent and so out there. To be home stuck with a baby kind of freaked me out. But then Joe and I got, like, used to each other, and we got into a routine, and I never thought I'd send him to preschool. I, myself, never went to preschool. But when I came here... I started, of course, with Karen and Mommy and me, and um, I had met so many great people, and my husband and I discussed it, and we, we put Joseph in when he was a year, I think, two. He just was turning two, and it was the best thing for him, especially being an only child. I only have one, um, and I just, it was a, I think I worried a lot about things that I really didn't need to worry about looking back now. Okay, so I think one thing that's really golden with your family is is you and Joe have shtick. You and mm-hmm. Joe understand each other and get each other in a very fun way. When did that, when did, when did you re- relax into that relationship? Well, I remember my father and my mother um, used to always say to me, you never treat him like a baby. Like, I never, I treated him like my friends. Like, I loved, loved the, the infant stages. I remember feeding him at 2 in the morning, and that was my best time because I felt like nobody else existed except Joe and I. And for me, that was, like, great. I was able to stay home with him for almost two years. So, we, you know, I always dealt with him like he was older, even to this day. It's like people say, I think people, especially my friends, feel like maybe I'm too open with him or maybe I give him too much freedom but you know what? For us, it works. And Joseph, like, I never color-coded things. I was never like, oh, someone's going to kidnap you. I laid it out. I'm like, someone's going to kidnap you, chop you up, <laughs> put you in the, ex- you know, you're never coming home if you run away. Like, I just was always very honest. <laughs> it was like it is. <laughs> and, you know, maybe for some people that was too harsh. But for me, I just... It's what was, works It works. You. I was always very op- open and honest. Okay. One question. So my question for you is, did you worry about other people's judgment of you doing this your way? And I never really you- worried about other people's judgment, but I would see, like, you know, <clears throat> friends, like, you know, even with Eric, and I love Erica, and we, we parent very differently, and what works for her is great, and what works for me is great. And, like, you know, if I'm in the mall and Joseph wants to run to the bathroom, I let him go to the bathroom. I don't need to follow him and go. Whereas I'm sure Erica would go with her child, and that's great for mm-hmm. her. But I don't think that, um, I, I don't worry, about, and to this day I don't worry what people think. I was never like that. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, that's like, this is my life. You want to live it? Then get into my shoes. I don't think like that. And, you know, and this is what works for my family. And Joe and I, yes, we do have a very, very close relationship. Sometimes there is, it is hard to stop and parent because we're friendly and we goof around so much. But when I do, he knows it. It's like he'll pull back and he'll say, I'm sorry, Mommy, you know. But he has the respect. He has the compassion and love that I want him to have for other people and for us. So whatever it is, it works. I mean, you know, it it, it works for us. So I'm going to come back and ask you again the same question I'm going to come back to ask Erica, which is, so if, like, if you could have told yourself something, knowing who you've become as a mom, what would you want yourself to know then? And and I because I, I think there's two things to this question that that I'm after, and that is one is the 
there's just so much uncertainty to the to parenthood and new parents and parents of young children can be immobilized and lost by that in that there's this other thing that when you're a new parent you're on the journey becoming a mother you're becoming something you weren't before and so now you guys with school age kids you know who you are and you know well I'm going to change this in me or I'm not going to change this in me you know I can learn this way this way this way I, but I'm learning and growing on this process and so I think so much of this if I knew then what I know now is if I could truly just feel secure and embrace this is the mom or this is the dad that I am there's real power in that. And I think everybody at this table has that at this stage of parenthood. And I wish I could put that confidence or that clarity in a package for parents. So, right. um, But now, now Pam, Pam, you've got grown kids. But yes, you also are here with us at the preschool watching the stress and anxiety of parents with young children. So if you knew then what you know now... I think the my biggest worry back then when they were two years old um, was the fact that I went back to work. Uh, I was lucky enough to be able to have my child in the same building as I was, but there was still the the stigma stigma of, oh, you're a working mom and you don't take care of your child at home. I even got it a little bit from my in-laws sure. and, and my mom. Um, but it was right for me. I needed it. And I think because I did it, I was a, became a better mom for it because I was taking care of myself as well as taking care of my kids. Yeah. So what do you want your girls to know when they become moms? That it's okay. Well, my younger daughter is in law school now. So I want her to know that, yes, it's okay to be a practicing lawyer and have your kids, and you will find the right place for them, the place that you feel at home in. Yeah. And my older daughter, um, also the same thing, that when the time comes, you'll be able to handle it all. You'll be able to handle it all. What, what point do you think you lo- you, that you internalize that? Or is it only, do you only get that gift when they're grown up? Um, no, probably I would say once... They were out of preschool, and maybe by third grade, the the feeling was okay. I gave them a foundation; they're they're able to function. I can do my thing, and I can go pick them up, do everything I need to do at home with them, yeah. and and still be available. And so, the preschool years really do designate this stage. For, for family life, not just for the kids, but for the grown-ups in the mix, too, yeah. that says, you know, we're finding our way. And, and you, don't, you don't know that they're going to be okay as the individuals that they are. And, and I think those of you with more than one child, I want to talk about how y- you can't control so much in parenting. I agree with what you're saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. But something that I definitely have learned is that you really have to trust you you have to trust that what your your decisions you're making are what is best for for your family <clears throat> excuse me and you have to stick to your decisions you have to trust your gut i always say that if like your gut and i think you guys would all agree if your gut is wrong if your gut is just feels off y- y- usually the the decision is 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 incorrect right so i have definitely learned that 
maternal instinct is a real thing. It really is. And there's, I always say to myself, like, trust your maternal instinct, trust your maternal instinct. Going back to like, you know, if, if my, my kids have been sick or whatever, nothing, you know, major, thank God. But if like, say a doctor says, oh, it's nothing or it's this. And I just kind of felt like something, there was something more. I've always like pushed and pushed and it usually was. You're usually right. right. It's yeah. Not, I think and, a mother's instinct I, is amazing. Yeah. You know, whether it's, again, I'm not sure, you know, as the non-mom at the table, right. like, you know, I don't want somebody out there feeling like, well, I don't have any maternal instinct, but I do believe it's this relationship that you have with this person, this small child person right. that says, you know what, they're going to guide you. You can, you can trust that relationship mm-hmm. to show you what you need, maybe. So I don't want to take and away you, from the instinct, but if someone thinks they don't have it, the more you go with honoring yourself mm-hmm. and that child, each child, you'll find it. I also believe, I like what Pam said too, because I know that when I went back to work, um, and I never thought I would. I mean, I was going to, because I did have him late, I thought I'd stay home for five years. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the best things I did for myself and for, and for my son was to work. He sees, it's like, he understands that I, we go to work every day and we, we, we do certain special things on the weekends. And I want, to him, it's a, I think it's teaching him a work ethic for when he gets older. Um, and I think he respects it. Like, he'll say to me, Mom, what time are you working till? It's never like, Mom, take a day. It's not, he's not about that, right. which I think is so great for him, you know, and for myself. And I as well needed it because I wasn't the type to sit home every day and I wasn't the type to do lunches and I wasn't, it just wasn't my world. Okay, how'd you break the mold, Randy? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> for being a mm-hmm. mom. I mean, because you, you broke the mold. I mean, you do this your way. Yeah. You do this with humor and with... Well, I just... I just did. I it feels right, and Joseph is is I think a lot more more mature for his age because of the way that I handled him. Um, I didn't spoon feed him for five years. I didn't. It just wasn't my nature. It had nothing to do with teaching anything. It just wasn't me. Like I want, and and the only thing, and talking about regrets as I'm sitting here, or what I didn't know now that I know then was. I wish I would have slowed down a little bit. It's like, I remember there's when... There's no rush. Right. There's no yeah. rush. And I remember when the doctor said, oh, Joseph was four months or three months, and he's like, he can go and have solid food. It's like I ran out and got bowls and sp- spoons and forks. And, <laughs> and it's like I'm saying, and I look back now, and it's like, I wish I just would have savored the baby stages a little more. It's like, you know what? And like Erica says... It all works out. It's mm-hmm. like being working in a preschool and you hear, mm-hmm. you know, one of the tough things for me were Joseph, the one thing Joseph didn't grasp was potty training. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, it's like, you Go know. Ahead, describe the, the challenges, the struggle. My son was not an easy person to potty train. He, you know, pooped in his pants for a long time, way after what everyone thinks is normal. Um, and I struggled with that, and I was very hard with him with that. And maybe I wish I would have been a little more chill, if you will, because it's no big it deal. All it all works out. <laughs> and it's like, you know, thank God he's 11 and he's good with it now. <laughs> but, you know, 
I mean, things like that. It's like, you know, there's no reason to torture somebody or to be, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yes, but I think that is the kernel of truth. There's no reason to torture them and there's no reason to torture right. yourself. Right, and I always felt like everybody, uh, you talk about being judged, it's like everybody else was like in underwear and buying pretty bun underwear, and I'm just like, oh, God, I'm getting the biggest depends I can find. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, and the truth is, it, it does stop. It's like, there's, it's just so much nonsense that we worry about that is just so ridiculous in my mind now because it's like, you know, every stage. Oh, when you're stage, going through yes, it at every, the time, you, you don't realize no, that. No, you don't right. realize that. Right. And it's like every stage now is just better and better and better. And, it, and they're harder. They're harder and they're better. Especially when you have you develop such a great relationship with your child. Yeah. I think that's the because main thing. Because you've got this whole foundation under right. you yes. of this right. grand relationship yes. and love and mistakes and experience right. and trial mm -hmm. and error. And one big thing that I found was that I needed to accept assistance from my daughter's teachers, mm -hmm. from Family around. Randy was just talking about toilet training. My older daughter was toilet trained at home. When I brought her to school, she would not take off the pull-up or the diaper. I was... She's two years old. She should be toilet trained. I, I was eating myself up. Yeah. Yeah. And then her teacher said, Pam, don't worry about it. Just bring me the underwear, and I will help you get, get her into it. Yeah. And sure enough, she did. Like Randy said, there's no problem anymore. And but you, but you have to be willing to to take a breath and to get help if it's offered. Mm -hmm. well, and listen to the help if it's offered. There's always help if you can allow yourself right uh, to to see it right and to be and to and to accept your child and trust yourself and your child in this crazy mess messiness of learning. Well, it's like even when Erica said a mother's intuition, I don't know if you remember, Joseph had a very bad stuttering problem when he was uh, mm -hmm. three. And everyone was like, oh, he'll grow out of it, he'll grow out of it. And um, You stuck to your guns. I stuck to my yeah. guns. And I knew it was not something that he was going to grow out of. Um, he needed help. And like she said, you know, I went and I got a speech therapist. And for five years... Thank God to this day, uh, I mean, thank God today he doesn't have it anymore, but if I hadn't done my own intervention with getting a speech therapist or whatever, it never, he, I, I don't believe he would have gotten help. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you feel it, you have to go with it, because I, I totally agree with that. It's like, there's nothing like a mother's intuition. Mm -hmm. And how, Karen, how you were saying before, that some people doubt that they have that I doubted that. I think everybody doubts that. Like, am, am I going to, am I going to feel that feeling? Yeah. And then the second time around, too, how could you love somebody? I mean, it's very cliche to say, but a mother really does worry. How could you love another child as much? And it's like the second you, it, whether it be you feel that kick or you hear that first cry or whatever, it just kind of like enters you, like your body. Like you just, you do and you know you have somebody that is looking up for you, looking up to you. When, you know, you ask what is, what what would we do different now? I'm very close with both of my kids. Maya and I have a different relationship than I have with Dylan. Dylan is my little mush. He's seven years old. He's almost as tall as me, but he's my little mush. And every single night we cuddle in bed and he always, I think I've, I've told you guys this, every single night he says to me, sweet dreams, my sweet princess. 
um, and he tells me I'm the best girl in the town. This is his thing every single night. And I think, like, he, he, I, to me, to him, I am the most important thing in the world. So, like, to answer your question, if we can, what, what would I, you know, what would we do now? You, you have to you have to just do the best that you can because you know that there is somebody else that is 100% reliable on you. Mm-hmm. And I would never change and that in a second. you see yourself mm-hmm. through their eyes. Yeah. You know, I think when you run into the doubt, the fear, the anxiety, of course, and I'll ask you about facing middle school, uh, but mm-hmm. because I think that after you've got all of these great <clears throat> successes and reassurances under your belt, that's what empowers you to go forward mm-hmm. and says, you know what, I can handle middle school because I handled the pottying. Right. I can handle high school because I handled preschool. You know, But it's all relative. It is. At the time, you know, the potty training could be the, the most important thing. And then you think back, you know, a few years later, you go back and you say, why did I spend so much time worrying about that? But it is all relative. At that mm-hmm. time, that's what's the overwhelming. most... Oh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. But they do look at you with those yeah. eyes. Oh my trust God! And, and 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 there's nothing better. You are their world. Yeah. And you and you know I just want to believe that you were picked exactly for the children that you have, mm. and that you're you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in the world. Yeah. Um, Pam, yeah. have times changed? Have times and, changed. And I'll ask you guys as well, because mm-hmm. even just 11 years, I think, makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah, times have definitely changed. Um, as and has fa- motherhood changed? Both questions, yeah. Has motherhood changed? Um, I really don't think motherhood has changed that much. It's still the same as what Erica just said. They depend on you. They rely on you. You, you need to be there for them. What has changed is society as far as what a woman can do outside of the home and that kind of, you have to regulate it yourself. You know, you have to do what you feel gut-wise is right for you. Do I go to work? Do I stay home? Do I leave my child with a babysitter? Which babysitter do I leave my child with? How old can they? All those questions. And it goes to Randy's. Do I start solids? Mm-hmm. You know, do mm-hmm. I, do I, when do I start school? Mm-hmm. Every question. You know, but you have to, you have to rely on yourself more than you rely on your friend giving you their answer. Correct. But that's a hard thing to do is for Very. people to trust your gut and you know, it's very easy for all of us sitting here to say that because to answer, go back to the topic of this podcast is what would we, you know, have known that. Right. Is that it does always work out, but that is so hard. I mean, we see that all the time, you know, in in being in an early childhood, we Mm -hmm. see, you know, I want to be in this class with this person. It's not, maybe it's not necessarily what's best for the child, but just because they, but but the parents at the time, they think that's what's best for the child. And I'm not by any means discrediting that because, again, it's all relative. But that is a very hard thing, I think, mm-hmm. for people to do is to really listen to your gut because there is so much judgment out there. There really is. And the friends matter and the village matters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so much of this podcast is you've got this and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. But the hardest part is how do you 
surround yourself by the people that will also honor who you are. Right. So mm-hmm. that, you know, trusting your own gut, trusting that instinct means you need, to me, it means finding those people around you that will celebrate you yes, exactly that. as you are so that you can actually get in touch with that feeling that instinct and that trust. You need people to trust you in order for you to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all of the judginess out there, you know, Put, keep that at arm's length so that, because I think certainly with crowdsourcing decisions and with social media and with wanting to feel um, like you're 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 doing well in this fishbowl of parenting mm-hmm. how do I how do I how do I not feel more isolated so I want I don't, I don't right. want you to feel like you've got to do this it's like just me and my gut all by myself in a quiet room no that's you and your gut out there vulnerable in the world I think it's really important that when you have these conversations and the social media and so on and so forth, you take in everything that everybody says to you, but you think it out based on that child that's in front of you. You know, not just say, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna take this kid to T-ball where the child doesn't even want to touch a baseball bat. You have to know your kid. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, surrounding yourself with people and the older and I think everyone agrees you know everyone always says the older you get the more selective you become over your friends and I 100% agree with that I have a lot of acquaintances and I'm very fortunate that do have a lot of very close true friends but I and I think you guys both everyone here would agree it's not about you know the the amount of people that you you have it really is quality. There is, over the last few years, I have a group of, there's four of us that are extremely close. We have a great time together. We're all in different phases of our life with our marriages and our jobs. And um, our kids are all around the same age, but there's, you know, some variation. But we, when we get together, we laugh, we have a great time, but we are, we are hard on each other, but in a, in a supportive way. Mm-hmm. Um, we will not just say to each other what the other one wants to hear. We will, you know, say it For like example, it is. What might have somebody, what might somebody have said to you? So one of, one of our friends um, has, you know, going through like a little bit of a rough patch with her husband and with their parenting style. The two of them, her and her husband are not on the same page parenting side parenting wise which is causing a lot of friction in their marriage and you know instead of just saying like oh you know you guys are just different or you know a mother looks at it different than a father we will you know just kind of say it like it is say that the the bad and the good with you know with with their marriage and point out things that maybe you kind of turn a blind eye to mm-hmm. um but my point of, of of bringing this up is that we're going back to what you're saying about that you you know you ha- really have to trust your gut and you have to allow yourself to be around people that that are supportive and not judging you yes the care without judgment correct correct this is an unusual podcast because we're closed um Mm -hmm. for as a school for for summer break for for, between spring and summer break and so all of us are here at benetora all of us are here at the preschool and all of us in many ways support parents um, so when I think of the messages you want to give, you know, like I, I'm, I hear you guys on the phone, I hear you guys in the hallways and I know that you have, you, you, you are there supporting parents. How would, what do you think your biggest message is 
for parents today who, who are stressed or struggling? Oh, I have so much to say since, mm. you, since you just spoke. Oh, please, go for it. I, um, I think the biggest thing is, is don't get caught up in... Don't get caught up in what other people, like when you were talking about before... I never got caught up in, in doing what everybody else does. I mean, I was the mother who didn't want the kid in the class with their friends. Like, I wanted him to be able to walk into a classroom and not know one child and make new friends. Um, that was extremely important to me. And to this day, Joseph can go anywhere and walk into a 1,500-person mm-hmm. building and be so fine with it. Like He's, he's his mother's son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but I think that that started young. I think that if I did what my so-called preschool mothers did mm-hmm. but at the time that I was here, I mean, they were like, how can you not put him in a class with this one, this one, and this one? I'm like, because he's been with them already this year. I just wanted something different for him. Um, so I didn't get caught up in all what everybody else said. Um and like you said, it's not easy to do that. But for me, it wasn't even an issue because I was never a follower. So, and I think I brought that to my child. It's like, and I, and I think that you said the right thing as well. It's like, I think we're all giving certain children, not, not everybody. I mean, you know, I just think Sometimes that. Sometimes you get thrown a curve. Right. It's like, I think you just <laughs> right. have to do what, what you're, what's comfortable for you and not get caught up in what everybody wants and says and thinks that you should do. Yeah. I mean, and, and people are totally going to give you their advice, what, wanting it or not. Right. And it's like, you know, you just take what you can from it and walk away and make your own decision. And I think I've always followed that. You know, even to this day, it's like, they're, so they're not going to a $15,000 camp. So they're going to go to a $9,000 camp or <laughs> whatever it may be. It's like if you get caught up in the bullshit... <laughs> You're going to lose yourself, and it's not going to benefit yourself or your child. And I, that, that I know for myself. It's like, you know, so I feel like that's really important. That's probably one of the biggest things is don't get caught up with Susie's doing down the street because really, who cares? That, to me, that is the heart and soul. Is And, and it's so much of what's part of if I knew then what I know now. Mm-hmm. It is don't lose yourself. Right. right. And so knowing that this is a journey of, of discovering who you are through this relationship. Right. Erica, for I, those... Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I would say pretty much the same thing. Just that you, you really... And I know it's so much easier said than done, but you really need to stick to your guns. You need to stick to your what your gut says because your gut will never steer you wrong. Yeah. See never, me, it, hear me, love me. Find it. Look into mm-hmm. your heart. Look into yourself and honor and love that person you are, even if you think that like that this isn't how you're supposed to be a mom. Right. There are no rules on how you're supposed to be a mom. Well, one more thing I'd like to say that was a very big thing for me. Um, <clears throat> I was never one to do a ton of play dates. Mm-hmm. I was never one to pay $20 to go play on an indoors because it's raining and you have to entertain them 24 hours a day. It wasn't my scene. you know. And I think that by giving him... The opportunity to play with himself or find other things to do and not always have a group activity or, um, what do you say, like a, where they had, I never entertained him 24 hours a day because I honestly was an older mother and I didn't want to get on the floor a lot, you know, and it's like I'd say, Joe, go do your thing or here's some toys that you have or you know, I think it was very important, and I never got caught up in that. You know, if we did a play date twice a month, it was a lot. Yeah. You know, because, and the, and the other thing is, is that 
I think there was pressure at the time because everybody did it and you may not have even liked the mother, but you did it because it was the right thing to do. Right. Now it's gotten so much easier for me because Joseph picks his own friends and if I don't like the mother, we don't do it. Like why do I have to sit and spend two hours with somebody mm-hmm. because he needs to be entertained from a school plate that I have no, nothing to do with his parent. Right. I love so. it. Pam, for the mothers out there that you know you're supporting every day, every year. Mm -hmm. Don't, I I would say don't be concerned that your child is not progressing the same way child B is progressing. Your child will progress on their timetable and you can help your child through that timetable and they're all going to get to the same place at the same time. They're all going to be grown-ups right. with strengths, with vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. with skills, and with shortcomings. I mean, not all of us have everything. I mean, we all have um, different strengths and abilities, and we can't, we're not all supposed to be everything to everybody. Something. Can I add one more yes. thing? Something that I'm starting to kind of do a little bit more as specifically Maya is, is 11 and a half. She's going to be starting middle school is... You know, where I've always wanted to shelter my kids, you know, to a certain point, I'm starting to kind of let her be exposed to more harmful things. What I mean by that is like, you know, certain things with the news. You know, the news is horrible. You can't put on anything. You really can't. There's never anything good in the news anymore, sadly. And where before I'd be like, let's change that. Or Now we kind of listen to it a little bit more. And because while I certainly... if you know, in a perfect world, yeah, none of our kids would be exposed to any of this, but that's not realistic. And they're going to see it, and they're going to be exposed to it anyway. So I am trying to go back on to, you know what, she will survive this. She will. She will survive knowing this horrible news, but she has to learn it. And now you're ready to let go of that yeah. false security. Yes, Well, correct. it's like even with Joseph as well, going into mm-hmm. middle school, I mean, I say to him all the time, at least twice a week, I'm like, I'm just letting you know, you may fight, you may go to the boys' room and they're going to offer you drugs. Yeah. And, and I've basically said to my son, whether anybody agrees with this or not, I'd rather you come home and try it with me mm-hmm. if I was to do that. I'm not saying to do it. Right. I'm just saying do not... It's a whole other level, Erica, Mm -hmm. when they're going into middle school. It's like they're going to be exposed to so much. But it's like, and I believe, too, that if they have the solid foundation and they know that these things are going to happen, you know, Mm -hmm. this is going to, they're going to say to you, hey, would you like a joint? Hey, would you like this? You know, it's like, what do they say? Little kids, little problems, bigger kids, bigger problems. And it's like, you know, I mean, I've. I think that they do need to be exposed so mm-hmm. they, they're not sheltered and they know. And I love you're ready for the next set of yes. challenges. Randy and I both have the same thing that we always we talk about a lot that we both say to our kids. We, you will not get in trouble if you tell right. us the truth. Right. If you lie, you're going to be in big trouble. No but, matter what it is. Right. And Randy and I talk about that a lot, that we have that with, with the and older that kids. starts all the way through that relationship building. Yes. We're out of time, but let's do our wrap-up. It's always the same. How have you got this for right here, for right now? Um, Whether it's um, becoming this person you are, um, honoring who you are as a woman and not, and fearlessly, you know, respecting yourself. Um, 
if you knew then what you know now and letting go of whatever doesn't serve you at all. How have you got this, Pam? I think that I've got it because I, I, listen, I listen to my girls. We have a good, open relationship. Um, and that started from way back when they were two and three. They knew I said the same thing to, to my girls, as Erica and Randy say, to their kids as far as the truth is better than not telling me it. Mm-hmm. And they're very willing to, to come and talk. And um, it makes for a wonderful relationship. You like them a lot when they yeah. grow up. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Erica, have you got this? Um, that I, I try to listen to my own words. I often, I always say to myself, I somehow I know it's going to work out. Thank God, a million times, I my family is happy and healthy, and everything else always falls into place. And I think I, I wish I would listen to, to myself on this part more. That I wish I worried less. Because I do know the outcome is that everything will be okay. I spend a lot of time worrying about things that. I know it's gonna. It's, I know it's gonna work out. But it's a constant renewal for yourself. <clears throat> Correct. As well. yes. Absolutely. It is. Have you got this, Randy? You know what? I got it, and every day I'm getting it. And I think it was Good so answer. cool Friday night that it was the first concert we went to a train concert, and Joe and I went, and it was like really cool. You know, I just look at him, and he was bouncing his head to the music, and he loves train, and you know what? I'm like, this is good, you know, because this is really cool. Like I can hang with my son and. Have just as good a time as hanging with a really good friend of mine. And this is what I wanted for myself and my child. And you know what? It's like every day I learn. But I'm getting it. It's good. I got it. It's all all good. (laughs) I love it. You guys are rock stars. Thank you. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.